the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. If we look to the answer as to why for so many years we achieved so much, prospered as no other people on earth, it was because here in this land we unleashed the energy and individual genius of man to a greater extent than has ever been done before. Those who say that we're in a time when there are no heroes, they just don't know where to look. The sloping hills of Arlington National Cemetery, with its row upon row of simple white markers, bearing crosses or stars of David, they add up to only a tiny fraction of the price that has been paid for our freedom. As for the enemies of freedom, those who are potential adversaries, they will be reminded that peace is the highest aspiration of the American people. We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it. We will not surrender for it now or ever. We are Americans. This is the Bob France Authority on AM 1420. The answer. Yes, indeed it is. Good morning. Seven minutes after the hour, nine o'clock, and we're ready on AM 1420, The Answer. It's a Wednesday, the 22nd morning of the ninth month of the year of our Lord, 2021. Coming up in one hour at about 1010, we will talk with Jack Windsor. Jack Windsor is the founder and the editor-in-chief of the Ohio Press Network, and we have got a lot of information to discuss with Jack, including a massive report on ivermectin. Why is ivermectin... Why has ivermectin become the demon drug that the left hates so much that big pharma refuses to acknowledge can actually work in stopping respiratory disease and stopping uh, 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 coronavirus? It's a massive report in the Ohio Press Network website, which we're going to talk to Jack Windsor about, as well as, of course, the Senate race, which has been joined by Matt Dolan. As you know, we'll talk about the governor's race and more. That's coming up at 1010. After 1035-ish, we're supposed to talk to uh, Max Miller, who is uh, one of the candidates looking to replace now outgoing uh, 16th Congressional District Representative Anthony Gonzalez, who has decided, of course, that he's not going to run again. We know why. We talked about that at length last week. <clears throat> that leaves it to Max Miller or Jonah Schultz to pick up the... Uh, uh, pick up the Republican nomination there to hold that Senate seat against whomever it may emerge on the Democrat side in 2022. So we talked to Jonah last week. We're going to talk to Max Miller today. Now I'm told his flight is delayed, and he's going to try to make it by 9.30, 9.35, 9.40, 9.45, somewhere in that neighborhood, so we'll play it by ear. But hopefully we will talk to Max Miller about that. So all of that is coming up in the second hour. What does that mean to you? Obviously, it means the first hour is wide open, so you can dial now, 216 That's 216 
888-281-0945 or 888-281-1110. Either of those numbers will bring you to me. And if you've got something to say or something to ask, this is the time to do it. Do me a favor, though. Once I've started on the monologue, uh, try to stay on topic, if you would, please. All right. Now, before we get into the monologue, and I do have a lot of important things to discuss about the ongoing crisis at our southern border, let's stand and show our allegiance to our country, please. Uh, patriots, if you would. Face your flag if you have one. If you don't, just put your hand over your heart uh, and join us for our Pledge of Allegiance. Pledge of Allegiance. Uh, and, of course, liberal Democrats, you can sit this one out. Take a knee like Colin. I'm sure you are comfortable there. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. The Secretary of Homeland Security yesterday, Alejandro Mayorkas, a man who is A, either completely and and totally corrupt and refusing to do the right thing by our national security and our homeland security because he is more concerned about his job with the Biden administration, or he's the most incompetent person ever to hold such an important position. I don't know which yet. Or maybe it's a little column A and a little column B. He's either corrupt and refusing to do what needs to be done to secure our country from the massive invasion going on at our southern border, or he is not corrupt. He's just terrible at it and has no earthly idea what he's doing. What we do know, though, is that Alejandro Mayorkas is lying to the American people. And Alejandro Mayorkas, uh, on behalf of the Biden administration, is lying to members of Congress as well. He spoke uh, in a Senate uh, committee hearing yesterday, and he was asked a very blunt question by Senator Ron Johnson. And I want you to listen to it, and I want you to try to fathom his uh, very short response. Uh, eight to 1,100 known Godaways, which would equate some somewhere over 300,000 Godaways, known Godaways for, for the year. Uh, if you annualize these figures, been a couple hundred thousand people per month, uh, we'll be up to about 2.1 million apprehensions. Add the, get, the getaways, three to 400,000, we're up to two, two and a half million people. Um, you've repeatedly stated that our borders are not open, that they're closed. Do you honestly believe that our borders are closed? Um, Senator, uh, I do. That really should be the end of the Biden administration right there. Senator, I do. The Secretary of Homeland Security believes that the border is closed. Have you seen the videos? Have you seen the videos of countless numbers of migrants crossing the Rio Grande crossing into the United States, now all swarming like 16,000 strong under a bridge because they've put some sort of a thank God for Greg Abbott and the state of Texas, which has basically built barriers with their vehicles and with their heavy equipment to try to create a makeshift wall to stop people from from, uh, coming from the, the other side of that bridge and coming into Texas. You've seen the numbers, you've seen the physical uh, expression of this invasion by seeing those videos. Thank God for Fox News, Newsmax, One America News. You will not see those pictures, those videos of thousands of migrants, many supposedly Haitian, but many 
clearly from other places in the world. You've, you haven't seen those videos on CNN or on MSNBC or on any of the networks. Thank God for the, the networks that are actually interested in telling the full story here. And then Secretary Mayorkas answers Senator Ron Johnson and says, yes, I believe the border is closed. And that should be the end of it right there. Now, the numbers, by the way, that Ron Johnson was referring to, the 2.5 million or so which we're pushing up on this year of either apprehensions or gotaways. And apprehensions, by the way, don't mean much. Don't misunderstand the word apprehension to mean, aha, but we caught them, so therefore they're going back. We apprehended them, right? Doesn't that appreh- doesn't apprehension mean being caught? Well, yeah, it does. But what is the Biden administration's policy once somebody is apprehended or caught? The answer is not to deport them. The answer is to release them into the United States in a catch-and-release on steroids. A catch-and-release program on a grander scale. Amid a crushing wave of migrants rushing the border, overwhelmed U.S. immigration agencies are releasing numerous migrants, not just in southern cities, but deep inside the interior of the country in a revolving door system. Some are concerned are giving aliens a free pass into the U.S. Really? Shocking, right? Destinations like Chicago, Denver, Minneapolis, New York City, Yakima, Washington, Harrisburg, PA, and yes, here in Northeast Ohio, too. U.S. government contracted planes are transporting migrants that are, quote, apprehended into the custody of ICE field offices around the country. But the problem is those ICE field offices cannot handle these numbers. And so what are they told to do? Let them go. Release them. The flights are made by iAero Airways, which is a major government contractor. The airline also transports migrants around the country in in the custody of uh, CBP, Customs and Border Protection, and the Department of Health and Human Services. The migrants released into the U.S. after taking these flights add up to at least tens of thousands of of individuals, and that's on a a, uh, temporary basis. In other words, that's a short-term number. The number when when collective uh, collectively uh, accounted uh, for over the course of the year, it will be hundreds of thousands. Make no mistake about that. One of the most prominent prominent ways migrants are moved through the U.S. and later released is by flights from ICE Air, uh, which is what the iAero flights are, are known as, and they are turned over these migrants to the ICE field offices in all of these cities I just mentioned. But they have a very small, limited capacity in those field offices. So there are thousands and thousands of migrants uh, that are coming across the border, being flown to these facilities and set, excuse me, set free, let, turned loose every single day. So that's now part of this. Let me give you another part of the story. What should Americans be more concerned about? What should the media be more concerned about? The 16,000 Haitians and others under that bridge and the hundreds of thousands each month. Let me say that again. That's not a misspoken uh, statement. Uh, 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 There are hundreds of thousands of illegal aliens being apprehended, being encountered at the border every single month. Jim Jordan tells us this all the time. That May was a record for the number of border apprehensions and border encounters until June. And then June was a new record until July. And all the way down we go this summer. That's how it's been. So he's a, should we be more concerned with that or should we be more concerned with the method of transportation or the method of, of, uh, of, of, of uh, apprehension of these individuals once they cross? 
because border agents on horseback apparently are just a bridge too far for the radical left. Now, they don't want these people being caught at all, unless, of course, they're going to be sent to a nice field office and then released, because that gives them their goal. But they don't want them being caught at all if they can avoid it. And that's why I just I still cannot believe this was a story yesterday, and it has taken itself into today, even though clarifications have been made by Mayorkas himself. But the left is still, the media is still spinning yarns about border agents on horseback whipping Haitians, whipping them in order to control them. Now, you just heard a news report at the top of the hour. It was accurate from say, uh, SRN News. These are experienced and expert horsemen. They spin their reins that they actually use to control the horse. They spin their reins beside the horse to avoid Haitians running and getting uh, you know, too close to the horse and potentially being trampled. And this story was just literally, I can't, I can't say this clearly enough, literally just woven out of whole cloth. It was made up. It was invented. It was just some idiot in the media um, said, they're whipping the, 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 the migrants. They're whipping the Haitians. And they'll show a picture or a video of, of the, uh, uh, of the uh, riders, the Border Patrol agents spinning their reins, which is what they're supposed to do. And they'll say, yeah. And you know, here's a great headline from the Washington Examiner. Media play telephone with Haitian immigration crisis. You remember the telephone game when you were a kid? And you remember how one person who tells it to another person gets gets the story one way, and then when the second person tells it to the third person, it changes. And by the time it goes to about 15, 20 different people, the story is nowhere near what it was. Everybody just taking what the last person said and running with it, and then exaggerating it. Well, that's what happened here. So the media, are they concerned about the number of people? No. Are they concerned about the amount of drugs, human trafficking, gang members, etc., coming across that border? No. They're concerned about, hey, I heard... That horse riders, as Border Patrol agents, were whipping Haitians, and they ran with the story. And not only did they run with the story, they actually managed to make the Vice President of the United States, Kamala Harris, stop laughing for five seconds and made her want to cry. It made her, it made her want to cry. Poor, poor Kamala said that it's inhumane to treat people like this, no matter who they are. I played you the audio yesterday. I'm not going to give it to you again. But that's exactly what she did. She basically said this is, this is inhumane and she wants a full investigation because of the way we're treating these human beings with whips is simply horrible. It didn't happen. It's a made-up story, like so many other things from this administration. So let's, let's kind of try to bring all of this together now. We got Mayorkas. Uh, saying that the border is actually closed, despite what your own lying eyes tell you when you look at those videos. You've got uh, Kamala Harris saying, I'm more concerned with the horseback riders than I am with the number of illegal migrants who are crossing our border. We've got reports of ICE jets or ICE flights bringing thousands, tens of thousands of illegal aliens to various cities all across the country, putting them in field offices, knowing that they will not stay there longer than 24 to 48 hours because they're overwhelmed, and they're going to be set free. And then being told, in the classic catch-and-release manner, don't forget to come back later for your asylum hearing, (laughs) as if you're ever going to hear from these people again, unless they get arrested for committing crimes. And then 
the coup de gras. And I haven't even gotten, by the way, to the Afghanistan portion of this story as we discuss who's allowed into this country and who is not. I've got an even bigger Mallorca story for you coming up in a couple. But the coup de grace for yesterday's news. Joe Biden was at the Oval Office having a little chat with U.K. Prime Minister Boris Johnson. And they discussed, according to reports, an array of issues. They talked about uh, a number of things that are of of, uh, concern to uh, both countries, and certainly about the stability and security of the United States as it pertains to its crush of illegal immigration. But they spoke, and then after they spoke, it was time to talk to the press. Boris Johnson, the U.K. Prime Minister, took several questions. But when Joe Biden was asked his very first question, White House aides escorted the reporters out of the Oval Office. All right, that's it, everybody. That's it. Time to go. Nope, 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 nope. We're done. We're done. We're done. Well, wait a minute. We've got questions for Biden. We asked questions of Johnson, and now it's Biden. Nope, you'll be asking nothing of Joe Biden. The President of the United States, whose country is under siege in a number of different ways, but the most obvious of which is what I just described for the last 10 minutes, what's going on at our southern border, is not allowed to be questioned by the press. And moreover, and more accurately, the President of the United States is not allowed to answer questions from the press. You see, it's not the questions that they fear so much. Although the way they're treating the press, it kind of reminds one of what Donald Trump used to say. What did Donald Trump used to say about the press? He called the left-wing media the enemy of the people, and the left hated that. But now the press in, in the Biden administration is being treated like an enemy of President Biden, and they're still kissing his A with softballs about his favorite ice cream. But the chance that there may be one or two questions that are difficult is a chance they can't take. So they refuse to let the questions be asked and thus refuse to make him answer them because they have no idea what is going to come out of this dementia-addled, old, doddering, pre-Alzheimer patient's mouth. They have no clue what he's going to say, so they are hiding him uh, back in the basement, which is how he ran his entire campaign. All right, I've got more for you right after this on AM 1420, The Answer. Okay, so I want to give you one more little story here. Again, as the discussion really is who's allowed to come to the United States and who is not. The answer is if you come by way of our southern border, everybody is welcome. And they can say, no, 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 we're using Title 42. Title 42, which is a national health emergency uh, measure, uh, tells us that uh, in the interest of public health, we can turn people away and deport them to the countries they came from. But they're only turning away a tiny fraction of the individuals, and that would be those who are unaccompanied males. Males who are accompanied by females get to stay. Males who are accompanied by children get to stay. Family units get to stay. Right? So that's the southern border side. What about the side from Afghanistan? Now, you remember the unbelievably uh, chaotic and disastrous withdrawal of American troops from Afghanistan and the attempted evacuation of not only American citizens, but also uh, Afghani nationals who were assisting the United States. Those are the ones who were supposed to be gotten out for their own safety of Afghanistan when we pulled the troops out, right? That's the way it was supposed to be. Yesterday, Alejandro Mayorkas at the same uh, committee, uh, Senate committee hearing admitted 
to the committee and to the American people that only 3%, 3% of the 120,000 or so uh, evacuees on those planes, only 3% have SIVs. What's an SIV? That's the special immigrant visa that is given to Afghani nationals or other foreign nationals who are assisting the United States as interpreters or in other capacities. So 3% have SIVs of the some 60,000 Afghan evacuees who have landed in the the U.S. already. Now, 7% of the evacuees are U.S. citizens. Super. But there are still Americans left behind. And 6% are lawful permanent residents. So if you're doing the math, 3% and 7% and 6%, here's what we have. Roughly 84% of the uh, um, individuals evacuated from Afghanistan in that chaos 84% of them are completely unknown. You understand that? 84% are unverified and unvetted, yet here they are. And this came directly from Alejandro Mayorkas, his own numbers. Even though he doesn't have the numbers on the southern border when questioned by Ron Johnson, he had some numbers of the Afghan evacuees. So we just welcomed about 100,000 or more um, foreign nationals that may be Afghani, maybe Pakistani, maybe Lord only knows from what other countries they came from when they were there to be ev- evacuated because nobody was able to verify their status as special immigrant visa holders, as interpreters, as American supporters, or anything else. So essentially, nobody is being stopped or was being stopped from coming who was able to get on board one of those planes from coming to the United States. And just like the southern border, you know what we're doing with them? Are we keeping them in one place? Are we keeping the Afghans that we have not vetted to find out if they're loyal to freedom or the Taliban? Find out if they're loyal to America and the West or jihad? We have no idea. Are we keeping them contained in one place until we vet them all? Nope. Just like the refuge or the uh, uh, migrants at the southern border, they're being Uh, spread out into American cities all over this country. Many of them in Northeast Ohio. Many of them. What do you know about them? Nothing. Because the Secretary of Homeland Security admitted, we know nothing. Roughly 84% of them uh, have been completely unvetted. And they're living amongst us. And you'll never, ever, ever get them back to get them vetted. Until perhaps it's too late. Now, am I casting aspersions on any one of those individuals? No. Am I saying that it is extraordinarily and wholly irresponsible for the Biden administration and the Department of Homeland Security to allow these people to come in without being vetted? You're doggone right I am. All right. That's the monologue. Let me take a time out for news now. I'll take your phone calls right after this. 216-901-0945 on the authority. sides to every story there's the mainstream media side and then there's the truth you are experiencing the truth the bob france authority on am 1420 the answer okay it's 9 36 thanks so much for being with us on am 1420 the answer i'm going to go right to the phone calls now because i got a few other stories i want to do between now and the top of the hour 
I have not yet mentioned the name Gabby Petito on this program. It's been uh, a captivating story for really the entire country because it's it's almost like a murder mystery and a movie mystery that's the kind that you watch every night on uh, you know on on television or in in the movies. It's uh, it's a captivating story and it's a terrible story and it's a tragic story and I have not talked about it for one second yet, but I'm going to not because of the details of the story itself, but because of what is being done and how Gabby Petito's uh, terrible uh, end is being used to continue to exacerbate the race war. Believe it or not, yes. A dead 22-year-old in a horrific circumstance whose person of interest boyfriend came back without her from a trip to uh, a trip out west came back without her and said nothing she was of course found dead after the fact out uh, in uh, grand teton and uh, um they said the autopsy's initial refer- report is uh, homicide how she was killed is right now uh something that they're trying to figure out the boyfriend is gone he's missing presumably on the run some say may have killed himself no, nobody knows vanished into thin air it's a terrible story. It's a tragic story that has fascinated people. But it's not the fascination I'm concerned with. It's the fact that this terrible tragedy is being used to further the race divide in this country. I'll have that for you in a bit. Let's go to Steve in Collinwood. Let's stay on the border for now. Hey, Steve, you're on the air. Go ahead. Yeah, the um, media is uh, portraying the uh, event at the border as a Toby moment. You, you know, what? with a guy that's on the horse, you can't hear the audio, but he's saying, your name is Toby. Your name is Toby. You know, everybody's seen that movie. Yeah. That's LeVar Burton. Yeah, I know what you're talking so, about. Yeah, that's, so that's the image that uh, that's what that That is the image that they wanted to cultivate. You're right. That's the image Kamala Harris wanted to cultivate here. They wanted people to see horseback, white men on horsebacks chasing down dark-skinned people. A uh, Toby and, moment. And, and, yes. and, and whipping them, which is, which is the narrative they tried to tell. Now, it is 100,000% provably uh, false uh, that they were using whips and that all they were doing is trying right. to apprehend people, which is their job, and that they were trying to spin their reins to keep people away from the animals so they don't get trampled. Uh, And and yet the story is, yes, that they wanted to bring about slave catchers kind of a a mentality. But also they're being portrayed as as Haitian immigrants. And uh, the background, you know, they they had the earthquake, they had all the disasters there. But they're not really Haitian immigrants. They're they're economic immigrants. They're coming out of Chile. They had some disasters in Chile. So the work that they've been doing for the last five to ten years there, they're all skilled. These are Haitians that if you were able to get out of Haiti and go and work... Well, you that's know. well. You just there's there's the point. You just you just nailed it. Uh, Haiti is around two thousand miles or so from uh, you know the uh, the southern border. You know of Texas between Texas and Mexico, and people are it, we're supposed to believe that in a short period of time since their most recent earthquake, and they suffer them every you know so frequently, terribly. Um, but but they, they want us to believe that somehow all of these people fled the the calamity of the natural disaster and the poverty and so forth, and got over to the southern border on their own like they paddled the way across the ocean and and we all know that there so many of them had already left haiti they were in third countries already and they were working their way for a very long time here uh to the southern border and all they were waiting for hold on steve all they were waiting for is the cue 
from Biden. The cue that said, come on, now's the time, get in while the getting's good, and bam, 16,000 people under a bridge and growing every single day. Go ahead. Biden and the Democratic operatives that operate in, in, the, in the South American, Central American countries. But the, uh, I want to say something about the Afghan refugees. Because yeah, I, I already was on a, a, a spirit flight, where a cheap flight that I usually take, and every, they all had hit jobs in the back, you know what I mean? The new immigrants are already coming on, on the, uh, uh, but, but the thing is, is the people that got out of uh, Afghanistan, one of the reasons they're not re- releasing the numbers and the country's origins and destinies is because the, the mostly, it, 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 you had to have money. When the, when the stuff hits the fan in a place like Afghanistan, like it did, right? The pe- only people that got to the airport, there was, didn't matter what passport you had, it, it mattered how much you bribed to get into the airport and, and, and the initial surge after that, it was a trickle getting in. But the initial surge was whoever was smart enough and had money and skilled, because those are the people there. Indians there, the India India had a, a, a large population of merchants and stuff. All those people, that, that's whoever, you know, if you were a doctor or something, that's who got out. If you got smart enough, you said, leave the house, leave the car, leave everything in the apartment. Let's get the heck out of here. So, yeah, well, well, well said, Steve. I appreciate the call, my friend. Thank you much. Uh, let's go to uh, Charlie in Westlake. Hey, Charlie, go ahead. Hey, Bob. Thanks for taking the call. You know what I'm thinking? You know, the way Biden never did anything during his campaign, he's yeah. not, they're not even worried about this coming election. They're, they've got something up their sleeve. They're not even planning on having an election or something because they just keep stepping in it and stepping in it, making it worse. And they don't seem to care. They don't think there's a ramification because I don't think they think there's going to be an election. Now, this newest thing, the Haitians, they're all expats. They've been living outside of Haiti for some of them 10 years, and they all show up at one time. It's because they, they're communicating. They all have cell phones. And sure, I, that, I was just about to say, did you notice in the videos up close of the, of the not, not the uh, sky shots of, of the swarms of people, but when you see them up close on the ground from cameras, almost every single one of them is wearing designer clothes, and I'm not making that up. You can look, and they're carrying smartphones. And we're told they're trying to escape Haiti because of the extreme poverty there. Really? How do you have smartphones? How do you, how does so many of them have their uh, have their their iPhones or their Androids or whatever? It's a remarkable thing, and we're supposed to buy that these are people who are fleeing, uh, you know, economic crisis or political persecution, and thus are asylum seekers, thus are refugees seeking refuge in our country. And we, Johan uh, Omar said, we owe them that. Uh, I'd like to know how. Yeah, I repeat over and over. This is so intentional. This is not just incompetence. These people want to bring this country down. And this, they're looking at, I mean, Obama sat around for four years. How can I hurt America? Death to America. And he's come up with these. The border's the, the, the clearest way, but Afghanistan is a, another great example. They just want this country down on its knees. And well, the one, the, it's the treachery. Other, it's treachery. The other, the other way that it is that, thank you for the call, Charlie, it is that. And again, I've talked about this ad nauseum. And we'll continue to while it, while it continues to be a, a fact. Uh, and something that we must address. One of the ways they bring this country to its knees is to what? Attack it from the outside? No, to crumble it from within. And from within, they are trying to continue to stoke a race war and a racial divide that will lead to the destruction of this country. And yesterday, I'm sorry, beg your pardon, this must have been on Monday, I believe it was, Joy Reid on MSDNC 
decided to stoke the race war a little bit more so, the, the, the racial arson, if you will, um, by exploiting the tragic death of a white girl, white woman, young, young woman named Gabby Petito. I'm going to share that story right after we take this time out. 216-901-0945, 888 I'm going to share that story and what your reaction should be coming up on AM 1420 The Answer. Ohio's first station is now the answer for Northeast Ohio. We're AM 1420 The Answer. Okay, it's 948. I want to do this story, even though I don't want to do this story. Um, I, I just can't stand it. But uh, listen for about a minute and a half here as uh, MSNBC slash MSDNC's Joy Reid tries to uh, exploit the death of Gabby Petito for her racial arson. Uh, set your personal meter to cringe. But the way this story has captivated the nation has many wondering... Why not the same media attention when people of color go missing? Well, the answer actually has a name. Missing white woman syndrome. The term coined by the late and great Gwen Ifill to describe the media and public fascination with missing white women like Lacey Peterson or Natalie Holloway while ignoring cases involving missing people of color. Joining me now is Derricka Wilson, co-founder and CEO of the Black and Missing Foundation, and Lynette Gray-Bull, founder of Not Our Native Daughters, an organization created for the awareness of the missing, exploited, and murdered indigenous women and children. Thank you both for being here. You know, I, 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 I bring up this point because there's a case that's so similar. A, a journalist friend of mine, um, Derricka, sent me this this story about a young, uh, uh, you know, about some other people that are missing. There's one guy whose name is Daniel Robinson. Daniel Robinson uh, is a young black man. He's only 24 years old, five foot eight, 165, black hair, brown eyes. That's his description. His dad has hired a private investigator to find him. Um, he's missing part of an arm. He was last seen driving away from his job site in the Buckeye, Arizona desert on June 23rd. And his case struck me because it's, it's very similar. He's missing in a, this, you know, the same part of the world. Um, it's a case that it has all of that same kind of sizzle, the sort of mystery of it, this young man uh, who just goes missing. It, I never heard of it until this friend of mine sent it to me. Uh, and I guess that's sort of, that's the issue, isn't it? Okay. I'm going to try to take this step by step here because the stupid here is very, very deep. Joy Reid is a stampede of stupid. The idea, for one second, that the story she just told is similar to the story of Gabby Petito is just this side of insane. Guy drives away from work in his own car or his own truck um, and isn't seen after that. She said that has the same sizzle as the Gabby Petito story. The one in which Gabby Petito already a popular person with the online crowd because she was a social media influencer. Now, if you don't know what that means, it's exactly what it sounds like. Somebody who basically posts a ton of stuff that they do on social media in the hopes of people finding it interesting and following them and then selling ads on their social media channels to make a ton of money off of it. Social media influencing is a real job for what it's worth. She's already known. She starts chronicling her van trip. She and her boyfriend, 
Brian Laundry are going to go in their van and take a trip, a tour of the Western um, uh, iconic uh, uh, hot spots in the, in the Western the United States. They're going to go to Yellowstone. They're going to go to Grand Tetons. They're going to go to you know a, a variety of different places, probably the Grand Canyon, etc. So they're doing a van trip and they're chronicling, chronicling it. Suddenly, the van arrives back home in Florida with only the boyfriend. Gabby is gone. He doesn't tell mom and dad, or at least they won't tell, what happened to her, why she isn't with him. He acts normally, rides his bike around the house, and everybody is just like, la, 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 where's Gabby? Nobody knows where Gabby is. Suddenly, Gabby's parents are like, where's Gabby? And the mystery is on. And then suddenly, of course, as we know, uh, she is found. Her remains are found anyway. And now we've got ourselves a full-blown, you know, made-for-television movie here. Terrible and tragic as it is. How is that in any way remotely similar to the sizzle that comes with guy leaves his job site in a truck and drives away and hasn't been seen for a while? Daniel Robinson, 24, hasn't been seen since June 23rd, drove away. There's no indication of foul play. There's no indication of, again, you know, uh, a social media following here. She wants to know why people are interested in the Gabby Petito story. It's not white woman syndrome, missing white woman syndrome. It's a story that was captivating because of all of the circumstances we just laid out. There is no story whatsoever in the Danny Robinson story she chose. And that was, according to her and her guests, there are lots and lots of missing people of color. And the one that she chose to focus on was Daniel Robinson, who drove from his job site one day and hasn't been seen since. With nothing. That's Of all of the different choices they have, this is the one she comes up with, which brings me to the next important response here. Joy Reid has a television show on a news channel, MSNBC. It's a news channel. Joy Reid is complaining that the news media doesn't cover the myriad of missing black women cases. They only cover the uh, the uh, white women syndrome, the, the missing white woman syndrome, right? What is she doing? She has a news program on a news channel. If there are all kinds of missing black men and women out there, Joy Reid, when is the last time you did a story one on the Joy Reid show? When? The answer is you haven't. Because you don't cover stories. You don't cover stories in which black victims are likely victimized by black perpetrators. Because that defeats your narrative. Matt Walsh tweeted about this very, very directly. Pointed out that, for example... Brittany Hill in Chicago, accompanied by the video of Brittany Hill being shot in a drive-by. Brittany Hill is a black woman who was holding her daughter. She was shot and killed in a drive-by by black gang members. Joy Reid never once did the story. The left-wing media completely ignored the case, as they ignore all of the shootings in Chicago that take all of those black lives. Why? Because to cover the black victims, you have to then discuss the black perpetrators. And discussing the black perpetrators advances the agenda that black males are violent. And so they won't do it. 
Now you want to know why there's a missing white woman syndrome? Because the media is willing to talk about the white perpetrators or white suspects when white women are victimized. The media ignores the Brittany Hills of the world because they don't want to talk about the perps. Matt Walsh is a thousand percent right. And by the way, here's the reality of life. Black women are mostly murdered by black men. The left doesn't want to have that conversation on their news channels. That's why they ignore it every single time. Guess what else? White women are usually murdered by white men. Most murders are committed within the same racial demographic because you murder and you commit crimes close to where you live. And if you live in a a neighborhood that is similar to to you, that's the way that it works. White women are mostly murdered by white men. And guess what? Those cases make the media all the time. Why? Because it's safe to do so. Because holding a white male perpetrator accountable is okay. Finally, white women, and I'm going to quote Matt here again on this one, white women make the news when they are victims in sensational murder cases. When do black men and women make the news who are victims? Think about it. Think it through. Black men and women make the news when they're killed in police encounters. You hear that? You know who doesn't make the news when they're killed in police encounters? White people. In fact, dead white men don't make the news at all, no matter who kills them. They just don't. It's not relevant. It's not newsworthy. Black man is shot by a police officer. I don't care if he's holding a submachine gun. If he's shot by a police officer, it's going to make the news, and the headline is going to be, Black man shot by white cop. Circumstances irrelevant, black men shot by a white cop. Black men and women are the lead stories in the news when they're killed by police. White women are the lead stories in the news when they are killed or go missing and that are killed uh, in, in murder cases by usually their white spouse or their white boyfriend or their white girlfriend or uh, white uh, uh, fiance. Dead white men aren't newsworthy. So my point to this should be obvious. If you want to cover the news by race, if you want to cover the news and make sure that all victims who are of color get their day on on TV, if you want to do that, fine, Joy Reid, deal. Let's have equity in news coverage. You're so big on equity. Let's have equity in news coverage. Every black person of color who is victimized will get their day on the news. And it should start with you. You don't cover these stories, but now that you are making this a case, it starts with you. You put the stories of all of the black missing and murdered on your airwaves, and you cover the black suspects as well. Deal? Because we're already doing that with white victims, white murder victims, White missing people, they're covered because uh, uh, of the circumstances, and their white uh, suspects, usually white male suspects, are not taboo. They're not off limits. Does that make sense? You want to have coverage for all of the black missing? Fine. Cover them and cover all of the black murdered. Cover Chicago, cover every weekend in which dozens and dozens of black people fire guns at other black people. Cover the ones who are killed, cover the ones who are shot and wounded. Cover all of them, cover the perpetrators. And we, we guess what? I'm with you, Joy Reid. Equity in news. 
But until you're willing to come to that agreement and on your MSNBC news program cover all of that black-on-black crime, until you're willing to do that, you forfeit the right to, to do any stories on missing white woman syndrome. That's it. All right, let's go to the news. You want to react to that? We'll take your calls the second hour, but we do have Jack Windsor coming up next on AM 1420 The Answer. General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. <laughs> 